Dalvin Cook on display again. He is absolutely showing out after that injury early in his career. Stefan Diggs train keeps rolling. He's been balling like this for the last four games. With all my opportunities, I need to maximize it, man. What happens when you start to maximize it, plus the yards you already put up? I guess we'll see. Yeah, a little purple rain to start things off. Fresh off the Vikings' victory over the Redskins last night. I should say they Dalvin cooked the Washington Redskins last night on Thursday night football. Sports pan on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg of the Mining Journal in studio with me. What's up, Ryan? Not bad. Uh, it's nice weather outside today. It's uh, great. For yeah, late October. Yeah, and uh, I mean it was a little cold at the game last night out in Nishwaming, <laughs> but uh, it was uh, overall it's been good weather today, so it's probably be a nice night to watch football. I'm all right with this, and you're in Marquette tonight. I'll I've be got in Marquette. A short yep. trip to Ishpeming for Westwood Nagani. Both will be fun games. There's a lot going on in the area. Yeah, I, uh, Marquette has a chance to clinch a playoff berth tonight, which would be you know great for them. Uh, you know, they missed out, I think, the last couple of years, so that uh, would be a good thing for their program. And, of course, the big Nagani-Westwood battle that you'll be at, and uh, we'll have a, um, a correspondent will be at that for us. And then uh, our part-time writer, Ryan Spitz, will be in Gwyn for the winless <laughs> gwen Munison game. We'll see who comes out and actually doesn't end it with an 0-9 season. So it, it's, it's interesting in its own way out there. All that and Northern Michigan hockey downstate. Take yes. it on Paris. Yes, I will be trying to keep tabs on that but uh, tomorrow night i'll actually be able to watch the game live so you'll get a little more up-to-date perspective from me on that i tell you what we've got a lot of hockey to get into today both at the collegiate and nhl level we've got football of course we have baseball and then we have the friday funnies to finish things off per usual now i want to address something that i'm sure has been on a lot of people's minds here uh throughout the day and that's the fact that espn up was on golic and wingo this morning we did our bold prediction and i tell you what i've got the audio for you i've got the audio from me giving the prediction ryan you you let me know what you think Mm -hmm. around the country and our different affiliates we're letting a different affiliate each week make their own pick which again is meaningless because every week we're going to go to a different affiliate correct and they'll make a pick so let's hear what the pick is this week (laughs) golic and wingo survivor pool Featured guest picker. Hey, Mike Trey, Jr., Jason. I appreciate you guys having me on. This is Tanner Hoops with ESPN-UP, based out of Marquette in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Hey, this weekend, something's got to give. When an undefeated quarterback in Kyle Allen takes on an unbeaten team in the Niners, the Niners are legit. Their front seven is lethal, but they've won ugly way too many times. Give me Christian McCaffrey and the Panthers to knock the Niners from the ranks of the unbeaten. Wow! Okay, so if this is really... That's a stunner! I tell you what, I wasn't going to go pick a softball game. Like, Trey picked the Vikings to beat the Redskins. I could have told you that. I think mean, mm. anybody could have told you the Vikings were going to beat the Redskins. Am I wrong for being bold? I don't think that's a hot take. I I don't blame you for being bold. I mean, it's your chance on the national stage to say something, <laughs> and you blew the socks off those two. So there you go. I mean, you made a big statement there. I, I don't think Caroline's going to do it. I think... The Niners are going to stay undefeated. So, okay. All right. yeah. I respect that <laughs> yeah. because the Niners are a good team. I will say that they are but, legit. I don't think that they're not for real or anything. That's a weird thing. I mean, did anybody think at the start of the year that the Niners would be them and the Patriots would be undefeated, <laughs> and teams that would be predicted to be Super Bowl contenders aren't undefeated? I mean, it's crazy. I just still don't totally trust this team to be there at the end of the postseason. I don't know if they will be either. Well, because how much longer can that front seven keep bailing out Jimmy G? I don't know if they've won any game this year because of him. Uh, I don't know if he's really had that great of a performance either. So, I mean, it's it's the O-line and his backfield. They're basically carrying the team. So, We'll see how long that happens. I don't think they're going to stay undefeated. I don't think they have the talent to do it, but uh, I don't think Carolina is going to be the, be the team that does it. I do. I'm saying this weekend it finally happens. Run ZMZ. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But now, I didn't want to do some softball pick out there. Golik did go on to say because it's a survivor pool. There's no consequences or anything, so it's not really a survivor pool. You're not eliminated or anything. I thought swing for the fences. Because there's no consequences, and they talked about that a little bit after. I don't have the full audio clip with me. I'll try and find that, post that up somewhere else. But he said, if the, <laughs> he said afterwards, if this was a consequential league, it would be the dumbest pick ever. <laughs> well, there you go. I love Golik. I yeah. love both the Goliks. So, uh, 
you know, you got his assessment. So basically, he says your pick was stupid. So there you go. Well, there's no consequences. So yeah. was it that stupid? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it wasn't that stupid since there's no consequences. What do you but... respect more? Me saying that there's going to be an upset this weekend or Trey picking the Vikings to beat the Redskins? I respect your upset pick more <laughs> than uh, than uh, Trey, <laughs> Trey keeping it uh, about as minimal risk as you possibly can. It's like saying, like, New England's going to beat the Browns, you know. I'm pretty sure one of them, I don't remember who, picked the Steelers to beat the Dolphins on Monday Night Football. That's really going out of limb there. Yeah. I wasn't going to do that. I wasn't going to say Patriots over Browns, and I wasn't going to say Packers over the Mahomesless Chiefs. I was going to say this might be, if if Miami's going to get a win, this might be their like <laughs> chance to get it because the Steelers are terrible this Devlin year. Hodges. Yeah. If he plays, Mason Rudolph might play. He might be back for this game. Either way, I mean, it's not like the Steelers are in good shape. So, yeah, I mean, if the Dolphins are going to end their skid, I mean, this is the time to do it. It's a must-lose for those two games. A yes. must-lose Monday night football game to protect their draft interest. Yes. And, uh, but who's going to pay attention to that game? Is anybody going to really watch it? Well, it's national. If we have a World Series game that night, could we have a World Series game that night? I'm not sure. Is it a Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Monday might be the travel day. I yeah. don't look that far ahead in the schedule. Shoot, so we're going to be forced to watch a bad Monday night football game. <laughs> I might just tune in for five minutes just to see how bad it's getting, but uh, I'm not going to devote my entire evening to doing that. I tell you what, I mean, you know, you have a wife at home and everything. If I go back and I just, you know, and there's football on, I'll probably watch it, even if it's bad. Will you watch college football? Will you go to get some action on? You no, know? no, I'm not that bad. You're not that bad? If there's like a Power 5 game on a Thursday or something, yeah, sure, I'll, I can get into that. Yeah. But I'm not going to turn on a Mac game on or, Wednesday night. Or a Sun Belt game or no. any of that kind of stuff. No, I'm not going to tune in for a Tuesday game on ESPN TV where Akron is playing Kent State or something like that. For the battle for the wagon wheel? <laughs> that, that doesn't get excited. Yeah, that's their trophy, man. <laughs> I just I picked those teams out of the air. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I always think it's weird that the Mac does that, you know, that they'll <laughs> play some random game in the middle of the week. At the same time, in college hockey, hockey East teams do that all Absolutely, the time. Yeah. It's and the weird thing is, nobody's been able to give me a reason why. <laughs> I've asked hockey East reporters like, "What's the deal? Why do you guys play a random game on a Tuesday or Wednesday?" And nobody's been able to say, "Well, this is why we do it." No, nobody has an answer. So it's just like, do you want to be like the only team playing that night? Like, try to make a spotlight on yourself because i can't think of anything else that makes you want to do that northern had that one tuesday game last year where they went down to notre dame but you know that was non-conference that was kind of a special set non-conference notre dame asked them if they'd like to come down right. and that was it so, so you know it's this isn't something that's being scheduled regularly and is like a plan going forward like it is out east yeah this is like something they do every year and it's bizarre and i i don't understand it and nobody else has been able to explain it to me so i'm not even going to try anymore i tell you what the vikings kick off week eight with a 19-9 win over the redskins if you had your choice right now who would be your team's running back if you had your choice of the best running back in football mccaffrey or cook or somebody else i'd probably go with delvin cook right now yeah because he's just... leading the league in yards and touchdowns and the thing, he kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, he had mm-hmm. a decent year last year, but, I mean, it's just like, you know, when you think it's the Vikings, you think passing game more than running game, mm-hmm. and uh, he's doing a great job helping out that offense, keeping the pressure off of Kirk, which is interesting how Kirk's turned his season around after being a disaster and getting called <laughs> out by Adam Thielen and uh, <laughs> Stephon Diggs and all those guys and uh, not being able to blame it on his center's sweat. Mm-hmm anymore <laughs> he uh he turned it around he said i'm gonna be better and he has been better so there you go it's not garrett bradbury's fault anymore no now you gotta own up to it but he was really good last night 23 at 26 285 yards i tell you what this viking team are they're starting to play the way that i think a lot of us thought they would coming into the year but their offensive line still leaves a little bit of room for concern. Do the Vikings have a problem with their offensive line? Well, that's a concern, but I don't think it's like an overly problem like it has been mm-hmm. in the past. I think it's it's interesting with um, another thing to talk about, Kirk. I feel like quarterbacks and players tend to step up their game when their own teammates call them out. Right. Because, you know, if you keep it like behind closed doors and everybody keeps their mouth shut, mm-hmm. you know, they don't have the 
you know, they might have the, okay, I got to play better, you know, but, uh, you know, it's not like my teammates are bashing me. Well, when your teammates start bashing you, it's like you need to get your act together, and he has. He figured it out. He told everybody he's going to play better, and he has. Um, but the offensive line, I mean, it's a concern, but I don't think it's a huge problem, at least not quite yet. Austin Matthews is trying that same play. He's trying something from the Adam Thielen playbook, calling out his teammates. Yeah. I, it works for the Maple Leafs. Huh? Yeah, I mean, maybe it does. It's like sometimes you just need to, like, come out and say it. Say how mm-hmm. you really feel. I mean, you, you decide not to keep it private and mm-hmm. just be like, okay, I'm going to declare it out to everyone, our quarterback sucks. Or, you know, like, my 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 teammates are terrible with me in the Maple Leafs, you know? Because, you know, when you get – I mean, I'm sure it stings to hear mm-hmm. that, but at the same time it's like, okay – if everybody, not just the media or fans, it's like my own teammates are disgusted with me, then maybe I need to figure it out. <laughs> I tell you what, on the other side, I feel bad for Dwayne Haskins because he's not ready. They no, told us that he's not ready and had to come in last night in relief for an injured Case Keenum who left with a concussion, and he didn't look good. He really hasn't looked good at any point throughout the year. And the Redskins keep saying he's not ready yeah, what are they doing to get him ready? They're not doing anything to develop his game. So like an Adam Gase kind of a thing. Exactly. <laughs> he's in limbo right now. Yeah, he's just being thrown into the fire and be like, okay, fix this. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you don't want to put pressure on a guy like that. Now, maybe if he's like a seasoned veteran who's a backup, mm-hmm. you can maybe do that to someone. But he's just, he doesn't have the experience, or at least not the talent level yet, mm-hmm. to have people be like, okay, fix the problem. Now, if you look at the Colts, who people are trying to, you know, the season's over because Luck retired, mm-hmm. Jacoby Brissett's been on fire. Yep. You know, he's... The Colts were not in dire straits when they had to go to their backup quarterback, but everybody else, it's like, you know, Case Keenum was by far nothing special, mm. but, like, now you got a guy who's, you know, has no experience and he's struggling. So. If the Colts make the playoffs, what kind of shot would you give Frank Reich to win Coach of the Year? I think he's got it. Yeah? Yeah. I him mean, or Chuck? Him or, yeah, him or Chuck. <laughs> oh, Chuck. Yeah, he's out there. The fighting Grudens are still around. They might finish ahead of the Chargers in that division. You know, I with the complete mess that the Raiders are, I feel like that's an even worse blow for the Chargers because it's like <clears throat> they moved and play in a soccer stadium. They can't sell it out. If they do have fans there, they're completely overshadowed by the other team's fans. Mm-hmm. And now you got the PA system is playing the opposing <laughs> team's theme song. And it's just like, it's just... A mess. I mean, you look. I mean, Oakland was coming in with a disaster, and they could finish ahead of a team like the Chargers just because. Ugh, they I, were prime for a Super Bowl. Yeah, everybody was on their people on their bandwagon. People tell me on Twitter, "Don't sleep on the Chargers," <laughs> and I'm like, I have never trusted the Carson, California Chargers. <laughs> I refuse to call them L.A. Right. because they don't actually play there, and. They play in a soccer stadium. <laughs> play in an actual football stadium, and I might acknowledge that you play in L.A. I'm glad that you brought up, and you did a little bit ago, but theme songs, yeah. and stadium songs, music, stuff like that, because I'm going to use that as a really sloppy transition on my part, being the professional I am. I'm going to use that as a transition to our sound of the week. I'm starting a new tradition here where we take something every Friday, uh, some really good audio from the week, and that becomes our sound of the week. Okay. And I've got a really good one, at least a really fun one. Tim Kirkjian, maybe the leading baseball mind at ESPN. I know Jeff Passan is trying to give him a run for his money. Then you have Buster Olney, some there in the mix. Mina Kimes has started a new podcast, ESPN Daily, and she had Tim Kirkjian on. And Tim was talking about Juan Soto, who, of course, has let the world on fire. And his walk-up music is Baby Shark. Shark. Baby Shark. And uh, here's Tim Kirkjian trying to sing Baby Shark on the ESPN Daily. Baby Shark, do-do-do-do-do-do, baby Shark, do-do. Yeah, that was terrible. I can't believe you made me do that. I love Tim Kirkjian, and I love it that he did that. Out of tune. <laughs> Out of and, tune. Yeah. His darndest. Yeah. Um, I got to say, it's... Uh, that song has been ridiculously overplayed. <laughs> and, uh, they did it at Northern against Sparty. Yeah, and it's just, but it's still around, and uh, that guy has made it his, his walk-up song, and the Nationals embrace it, and it's just like, 
Someone on Twitter was pointing that out. They said, like, the Astros have, like, the most dominant rotation since the 90s Braves. And then Nationals are like, we play Baby Shark. <laughs> and we're up 2-0. So it's like, I mean, whatever works for you, I guess. Did you see those guys in the Nationals dugout doing, like, this car thing dance? I was trying to figure out what that is. But uh, I know it's a home run celebration. It's like we're now an IndyCar or something. I don't know. It's weird. I tell you what, game three tonight, can't hear it here in ESPN. I think we might join it in progress after the Westwood game, but Anibal Sanchez tries to give his team a commanding 3 nothing lead. No team has ever lost in the World Series when leading 3 nothing, and the last 11 to take a 2 nothing series lead have ended up winning it. Zach Grinke opposing on the other side. Remember when the Twins had Anibal Sanchez in spring training and he didn't even make the opening day roster? Yeah, remember when the Tigers had Anibal Sanchez <laughs> and uh, he was terrible and they dealt him? And now all of a sudden he is maybe going to help his team win a World Series. Yes. So uh, this, I know it's been talked about a lot, but this has to be a miserable postseason if you're a Tigers fan. Oh, yeah. Because Justin Verlander has already won a title at the Astros. Mm -hmm. You have Max Scherzer. Who former Tiger? You have Sanchez, Sanchez, former Tiger. I mean, it's just like these players should have won you a title, <laughs> you know, with the Tigers while they're there and didn't. You can blame it on the Tigers' bullpen and the offense forgot to show up, you know, in 2012 and 2013. But uh, this is, it's got to be hurting. I was thinking that. It was rough with the Twins, all the former Twins in this series, between Brian Dozier, Kurt Suzuki, Ryan Presley, Anibal Sanchez, if you can count him. I forgot, completely forgot that Kurt Suzuki yeah. was on the Twins, yeah. Big hit the other night. Yeah, um, night. yeah. went yard after, off of Verlander, mm -hmm. who, uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's weird. If you're a Twins fan and a Tigers fan, this is a... Uh, this is a painful series. Do you think that the Nationals can come back? Do you think they come back? Do you think the Astros can come back? Yeah. I mean, um, I think they maybe can get a win, yeah. but they're just, they're so beaten down. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've just been pummeled <laughs> the last two games. And it's just like, if they, I mean, it's one thing if you drop your first two games and you've played well, you lost mm -hmm. like 3-2, you lost 4-3, you're fighting, it means you still are in it. Mm -hmm. But when you get blown out in your first two games, it's a sign that you're not hitting, your pitching isn't where it needs to be, your fielding isn't where it needs to be, and now you've got your back against the wall, you're going to have to win, you know, <laughs> you got to win at least two in Washington mm -hmm. on, on the road to stay alive, and... uh yeah, I I just don't think it's going to happen. I think I, if they had been playing better, I'd have more faith that maybe they could, but they're just not. It has been a bad week for the Astros as an organization, not just on the field, but in the front office as well. Could it get even worse? Could they lose their manager? I'll tell you why they might next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you in the Sports Pen. Glad you're with us Friday afternoon. It's been a really bad week for the Houston Astros, more than just losing a few baseball games. If you missed this story, after beating the New York Yankees, after clinching a spot in the World Series, Astros assistant general manager Brandon Taubman, who I had never heard of before, I just saw a picture of him, and I immediately knew this guy's a scumbag. <laughs> he, in his moment of celebration, jumps on a table and brags to female reporters, one who's been an outspoken advocate against domestic violence and was wearing one of those purple bracelets that signals that she's somebody against domestic violence, and he brags to them about how the team was able to keep pitcher uh, Roberto Azuna, who was suspended 75 games for domestic violence. And if that wasn't bad enough, the Astros have no um, competency, is that the right word, in their PR department. And they keep stumbling over themselves, digging the hole deeper for themselves. It's terrible. Yeah, it. Uh, <clears throat> that's actually going to be my, col my column topic for mm. my Saturday column. So I'll have more in-depth stuff to give you there. But it's just, it's... I mean... There's nobody there to proofread statements and just be like, hey, 
we're going to come off really bad if we say this. <laughs> we probably shouldn't. It's, you know, and Julie Carroll, who is, uh, you know, she's a radio commentator out of Chicago, said, this is why, you know, teams need to have at least one woman in the PR department or maybe another minority in the <laughs> PR department. Mm-hmm. So you look at a statement and be like, this is going to come off pretty sexist, or this is going to be racially insensitive. Like, is nobody thinking before they do this? Because it looked, their first statement was so bad, and then they had to issue another one, and then they had to issue a third one, and it's just... Well, I'm I'm not a minority or a woman, and I could have told you every statement they had there was bad, was not something they should have sent out into the public. The first report said that this is completely false. This story never happened. It was fabricated, and they smeared this reporter for, you know, they tried to diminish her credibility, and then they admit, okay, yeah, it's true. We're handling it internally. We're handing, uh, handling it in-house, and they just keep stumbling over themselves. They were asked, have they reached out to the reporter to re- apologize to her for trying to ruin her credibility, and the front office, the spokesman, they said, no, I mean, it's something we're planning on doing, but we haven't had the opportunity yet. She was in the room. She was at the press conference. <laughs> she, as I put in my column, they, their first statement after firing Brandon Taub, which they did, mm-hmm. and they should have. took them long enough. It took them long enough to do it, but they, finally, they, they did apologize in the statement to, um, to the reporter and SI and anyone who may have been offended, which is... <sighs> a fake apology and you know like okay whatever and i thought that'd be it for them Mm -hmm. they'd like be like okay we were stupid let's not dig the hole any deeper and then they brought in their gm yesterday and uh he decided to keep putting his foot in his mouth Mm -hmm. and it's just like are you guys this dense because it's like I would say fan base wise, I mean it was pretty equal going to the World Series, but there's so many just like baseball fans have completely switched their <laughs> fan base to Washington for no other reason just because the Astros are coming off really stupid right now. And we've heard nothing from Jim Crane who owns the team. Well he he, he issued a statement saying how great he is and how great mm. the organization is and their causes for the community. <laughs> well, congratulations, but that has nothing to do with the fact that you smeared a reporter. <laughs> your employee said something incredibly terrible and it's just like i mean I, it's funny when teams do that you know here i mean yeah we were stupid but we're still cool i mean look what we do you know it's like no just say you were dumb you fired the guy and say hey you know this won't happen again mm-hmm. we won't be this you know we won't be stupid we'll think before we say stuff or we'll investigate it before we issue a statement <laughs> i mean it's just oh i mean i i can't imagine being a pr person and just being either that dumb or having management tell you to do that kind of stuff. Especially when they're so good at rebuilding a franchise that six years ago was laughable when Bo Porter was still the manager. They know how to develop talent, bring guys through the system, and build really a dynasty. They're on the verge of being what you could call a full-blown dynasty, and yet they're this inept away from baseball <laughs> is the thing. you know. And they didn't fire Taubman right away. They should have once the story was corroborated. Uh, now... They're protecting those who made the press release, whose decision it was to release those kind of statements. They're protecting everybody internally, and it's just making themselves look even worse. Yeah, it's. I just don't understand how you can be so incompetent or careless Mm -hmm. in going about this. It's like, did nobody, like, go, you know, if you're a PR person, a lot of them went to school. (laughs) On learning how to be a public relations person, did they fall asleep in class or like skate by and like manage to get the degree by the skin of their teeth mm-hmm. or but yeah, I mean, I'm not a PR expert, but even I know that staying that stuff is really stupid and uh, not only stupid, but very controversial. It's going to be you're 
your image this series is completely tarnished. You look like you don't care about domestic violence, mm-hmm. and you smeared a reporter's reputation, even, and even though everything she said was accurate and was backed up by the Houston Chronicle mm-hmm. and you know other news organizations that were in the locker room at the time. It's like, hmm, if our guy said something terrible and... The woman who was said to, one of the three women, wrote something about it and was backed up by multiple reporters, um, you know, including some male reporters <laughs> who backed her up on that. You would think, hmm, maybe our guy, like, shouldn't have said that, and maybe we should handle this rather than making this. I mean, it's like, he, you know, there's a Simpsons quote that's called uh, Chief Wiggum, they're, they're stuck in a hole, and he yells out, dig up, stupid. <laughs> it's like, and it's like, that's what they're doing. It's like, not. It's like, oh, if we, if we keep digging deeper, somehow we'll rise to the top or something. It's just, I, and I didn't have a problem with the Astros. I actually, I like their franchise. They have so much talent, but it's like, they're making you want to pull for their <laughs> opponent because they can't handle this. And they keep making things worse for themselves. And it's just like, not only are you down 2-0, as I put in my column, they're down 2-0. They look terrible, not only on the field, but mm-hmm. also in the public eye. And it's going to take a while to fix this. and um, Which is sad because you're, you got a DC team. And D.C. is extremely unpopular as a city politically <laughs> across the country. So you got people are, root, are now rooting for a D.C. franchise, which crowd is probably going to be filled with lobbyists on game th- <laughs> for Game 3. You're rooting for a team that's been, their fans are all lobbyists, and it's just going to be like, it's weird how things have turned <laughs> in this series. I'm not even sure that there was ever a conversation held with Tobman about his comments. Because I love the general manager's comments. They asked, what was his intention? What were Tobman's intentions when he said what he did? And the general manager said, I don't know. Well, <laughs> did, you, did you not talk to the guy? He's, you're his boss. If he doesn't tell you, then you tell him to go pack up his desk. Like If Tom Mogish or GM across the hole, if I do something that makes ESPN UP look bad, he comes in and says, why did you do this? And I refuse to talk to him. I need to start cleaning out my desk and updating my resume. I'm pretty sure that's how a lot of publications or Mm -hmm. just jobs in general. Like, if I said something extremely controversial in a column or in a feature or in a game recap and i got called in the office the next day and you know had my managing editor say like this is really dumb why did you say this and i shrugged my shoulders and be like i don't know (laughs) i mean i'm probably at the like bare minimum i'm gonna be either Bare minimum, going to be reprimanded, mm-hmm. or I could have been suspended, depending on how bad what I said. <laughs> or you know, the extreme thing would you know I'd be let go. But uh, I'm not dumb enough to be like that. <laughs> so and then try to make somebody or, else look like yeah, a liar. Yeah, and then try to make it so oh, it's somebody else's mm-hmm. fault. So yeah, I. Uh, oh, yeah, it's. Uh, so there we are. There's the Astros. They're a mess. The Nationals are looking great, yep. you know, right now. And uh, you wouldn't have thought that Mm-mm. coming in. They're, they're getting the wild card game, the dreaded wild card game. They look like they're going to lose that game. Yep. The Brewers collapsed, and uh, so they get by. And then they <laughs> they manage to dispatch the Dodgers, <laughs> and they manage to. Um, you know, get, get past the Cardinals, too, in convincing fashion. It's like, where was this coming from? And then you look at, you know, the Nationals rotation. Maybe that's even better than mm-hmm. the, the heralded Astros rotation. <laughs> so, there you go. You think that if Christian Yelich didn't foul a ball off his leg in one September 10th at bat, then the Dodgers would be playing in the World Series right now against the Astros. Because he would have been playing instead of Trent Grisham, and he would have fielded that ball cleanly. The Brewers would have beat the Nationals. The Dodgers would have beat the Brewers, and the Dodgers would have went to the World Series. You're really calling that? Yeah, this is. It, it, they would have, wouldn't they? <laughs> uh, I'm sure Brewers fans would probably beg to differ. Well, but... Washington beat the Dodgers because of their pitching, significantly better than the Brewers. Yeah. So yeah, it'd probably be the case. I just. What if? I mean, Christian Yelich is going to be the big what if, probably mm-hmm. in the. Uh, and when you're looking back at the season 
everybody, you know, you come up with a what if list, and that's probably in the at least in the NL will be the big what if. I tell you what, uh, that leaves in the us- AL would be what if Houston wasn't so dumb? <laughs> <laughs> what know? if we could actually like you know we should have seen this coming, something like this coming after the Anthony Fenich Justin Verlander thing a couple of months ago. Yeah, yeah. After how that was handled, we probably should have seen, <laughs> seen how bad Houston has run. Yeah, I tell you what though. Could it cost them A.J. Hinch? Could it cost them their manager? Because he has done a wonderful job since coming to Houston. He's been a part of the rebuild. He's won them a championship. They're in the World Series again. And this is so unfair to him because he's trying to turn around a reeling offense and try to give themselves a shot to come back in this series. Yet there's everything off the field that's happening right now. And he has to he has to deal with that kind of distraction while still fighting to get his team back in the series and in the hunt for the championship. So as poorly as Houston is run and organized, could he just say, I'm out? Because he might. Here's my here's my theory. See, uh I said a couple of days ago I think Mike Matheny to the Royals, and now that's actually starting to sound like it's gaining momentum. I said Derek Shelton to the Pirates and he's been interviewed. Now I'm gonna say this. I don't know if I'm going to... I'm not going to call this yet, but I'm going to put it in people's minds. A.J. Hinch to the Mets. Could he take the Mets job with Girardi out? Hinch and Mets GM Brody Von Wagener were college roommates. Von Wagener was Hinch's best man at his wedding. Those two have such a close connection. Hinch is part of an organization that is not quite in shambles. On the outside, it is. Maybe not with with the player personnel. But an opportunity to leave that... Go to New York, where they seem like they have a good young core. Be part of a New York market. I wonder if that's a possibility. Would he take over? He would take over the LOL Mets, though. LOL Mets. <laughs> <laughs> Who he he took over a really bad Astros team, though. Yes, but you know, if if there's anybody who can rival the uh, <laughs> the Astros in ineptitude front office, it'd probably be the Mets <laughs> right now. And uh, so maybe he could go there with the connections. I mean, it's a distinct possibility, but um, you know, we'll just have to see. I, I think it would depend on, you know, does he believe he's got a good core coming back next year to win another mm-hmm. title? They do it. They did last year they have it again this year now it's like are you gonna lose free agency now mm-hmm. and that kind of thing so um i'm sure he'll think long and hard about it um i think it's a possibility but uh I, ultimately i think it'll come down to do it does he think he can win another title or do they re-sign garrett cole does he stay or leave because that might yeah. expedite his decision very much so I tell you what, let's take another time out. When we come back, we'll play Love It or Leave It, NHL style on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Glad you're along. Here's your Sports Center update. Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Pat Mahomes has officially been ruled out for Sunday night's game against Green Bay. That should have been obvious, shouldn't yeah, have even been in question. Yeah. Meanwhile, Atlanta Falcons quarterback Matt Ryan is questionable for Sunday's game against the Seahawks with an ankle sprain. Phoenix Suns big man DeAndre Ayton has been suspended 25 games for a failed drug test. And finally, a security guard at Bed Bath & Beyond in Waukesha, Wisconsin got bored during his shift, so around 2 a.m. he handcuffed himself only to realize that his handcuff keys were missing. I, un- I stuck myself. <laughs> And couldn't find my handcuff keys. You know, I feel like if you're a cop, you get like the weirdest stories to tell. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They're by far the most entertaining. <laughs> I uh, I mean, I got some interesting stories to tell as a journalist, but oh, I, sure? think, I think cops like blow them all away. <laughs> Tanner, who's Ryan Stieg with you? Glad you're along. Let's switch to hockey. We got Ryan here. Of course, he's... Northern Michigan's hockey beat Ryder got the weekend series with Ferris coming up. Looking at the NHL, Ryan, uh, there's a lot that we can digest from this. So I've got some hot takes here. I'm just going to go on the record and say I don't necessarily believe all these, but they're fodder. There's something we can talk about. You give me love it or leave it. Do you like this or no? Mm-hmm. Here we go. David Pasternak will win this year's Rocket Richard. No. Don't think so. No. Why not? I just don't see it. <laughs> I mean, there's so many better goal scorers out there. Mm-hmm. I just, I mean, I think he'll be up there, but I just don't think so. I mean, I think he's, he's off to a hot start, but mm-hmm. no. 
You think it's a hot start? Somebody's going to cool off here? Yeah, yeah, exactly. How about with this next guy? John Carlson is right now the best defenseman in the NHL. Hmm. I've always liked his shot, and now he's scoring at a premium. I don't know if you can make that that kind of statement, but I would say he's definitely top five, maybe top three. Is he the best this season? Probably yes, this season, yes. 21 points, that leads everybody, including forwards in the NHL this year. Anthony Monta will lead the Red Wings in goals this season. Yes. Think so? Mm-hmm. He's, man, he's fun to watch. Yeah. He really, he's taking his game another step forward this year. I think the people in Calumet would agree he's fun to watch, too. <laughs> I thought it would be Larkin who would lead that team. Mm-hmm. Cool. I, I, I'm not, I wish I knew how to say this guy's name like that four-year-old. Athanasiu, is that? <laughs> Athanasiu. Athanasiu. I'm getting it. Like, I can get Antetokounmpo. I can get Tugvailoa. That one I'm still working on. Yeah. I thought he would have more goals than Monta this year, but so far it's been a hot start for Anthony. The Buffalo Sabres are a playoff team. You know, that's a that's always a question mark because there'll be some surge in the year that people get high on the Sabres and think that's maybe it, and then they'll completely bottom out. Um uh you know Jillian Fisher on Twitter? Yeah. Remember when she did her you know, postseason recap oh, yeah. and she said, hey, for Sabres fans, that one month of the year, we were unstoppable. They just never have it at the beginning of the season. No, no. There's always that big surge, usually a month or two, where the Sabres look great, and then they completely fall apart. So I would say maybe an eighth seed team. I okay. could see it. All yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Ralph Kruger seems like he might be helping them turn the corner. I tell you what, if you remember the 2016 World Cup, what he did with that European team was really remarkable. Ralph Kruger. Sound, that sounds like a hockey coach. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a Simpsons character. <laughs> James Neal will reach the 80-point mark this season. 80 points? 80 points. That's a lot. That is a lot. Is. He has 11 and 11 games so far. Ugh. I I would say no, mm-hmm. simply because te- players get cool off at some point, mm-hmm. and you have to be really consistently good to get that high. I mean, we're talking like I mean Lemieux level, Yammer Yager mm-hmm. level, Gretzky, of course. You know, right. you know, it's like you got to be a really outstanding player. Um, maybe Ovechkin in his prime, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, yeah, it, I don't think he will. The Wild will fire Bruce Boudreau before Christmas. What do you think? For Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised he even got brought him back. It's like, I mean, it's almost cruel in a way. Like, hey, we're going to fire in two months. <laughs> Into the, hey, be ready. Yeah, you don't be prepared. Have that resume polished up. <laughs> so, yeah, he's. I would definitely by Christmas. Definitely. You know that he's not going to survive this season, yet they... Just keep keeping him around anyway. Mm-hmm. You think Jim Montgomery is anything to worry about? I wouldn't say Jim. I think he's okay. okay. I think uh, they're still pretty high on him, actually turning the stars around. So mm-hmm. I think he's got some leeway there. He's still got a little bit of time. How about John Hines? Do you think he lasts the year in New Jersey? Well, they <laughs> did draft well. <laughs> they did draft well, but they're off to a 2-4-2 and two start. Yeah, I... Um, Maybe... Uh, better assessment will be by Christmas if I think he's going to stay. Okay. All right. And how about on the Blue Jackets side? Because this was a team that we, that we all, well, I mean, we all kind of wrote them off, and they're off to a pretty good, pretty darn good start. Do you think Torps will last much longer? <laughs> I don't think he'll get fired this season. I don't think he will get fired, but I don't think he's going to be the coach that they look to in the future, you know? so I love Torts. I do. Hockey's better with John Tortorella as a head coach. Just an angry man. I know. <laughs> I tell you what. Uh, before we get to the Friday funnies and we hit the break here, what are we watching for this weekend when Northern heads down to Grand Rapids and they take on Ferris? Big Rapids. Big Rapids. <laughs> Is it Big Rapids? It's Big Rapids. Gosh, dang it. <laughs> anyway. Yes, Big Rapids. Um, I don't know what the difference between Grand Rapids and Big Rapids is. I know there's a size difference, mm-hmm. but nobody's been able to say <laughs> what the difference is. But uh, Big Rapids, um, it's gonna be. A, it's a tiny rink. Um, Dave Danis has tweeted out some photos. It's a. It's really small. Um, I mean, maybe a thousand, mm. 
maybe cracks it like 1100 it's mm. it's compact the fans are right up on the action that's like ferris really embraces that and they play really well at home um i think you're going to see a little slower of a game uh grant said of course in the press conference that uh boston was an air attack this would be more of a ground attack mm. so i think it'll be more of a grinding out kind of game um probably a little more low scoring um i think i i want to say it's a split um, to start the week, like, I think they're going to come out with a split, or I think it's going to be a, um, I think they'll get the extra point, you know? Mm-hmm. The, I got to keep getting in the mindset again, because they were out in Boston, and they yeah. only played the 5-5, five <laughs> and five, and of course, and then the WCHA is the 3-on-3 three and three the shootout. So, I think they'll get the extra point, maybe, um, or they'll split. I, it's going to be hard to get a sweep, just because, it's hard to sweep anywhere on the road right. in the WCHA. I mean, Maybe Alaska. <laughs> maybe. They, they actually kind of look good. This yeah, time. yeah, or like or like maybe Anchorage. Okay, you know, Anchorage, yeah. Huntsville. Hunts. Unless you're northern, unless you're northern, Huntsville may be easily swept at home by any other team. Mm. But like I said before, Huntsville's like that thorn in the side for Northern. Mm. And uh, I mean, you look at the playoffs a couple of years ago. Yeah, they're pesky. <laughs> they you know, they got Northern blew them out in game one, and somehow Huntsville won game two to force a third game that nobody saw coming. So, yeah. Um, but it's it's gonna be an interesting series. It's probably gonna be a little slow paced. Um, but Northern's impressed a lot of people so far. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg. Let's take a timeout. Friday Funnies next on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at four on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. If you missed any of today's show, get caught up on demand. Get our free mobile app in the Apple App Store, or Google Play, or look up ESPNUP.com and check out the on demand there. Friday Funnies with Ryan Stieg. The way we close out every week. I tell you what. If you were going for literally up-to-the-minute content during the break, I just watched what the Philadelphia Eagles tweeted out, and they are going for a tremendous troll job. Orlando Skandrick, I think that he used to play for the Cowboys. I think that's his name. Skandrick, the uh, the defensive back, he was released by the Eagles earlier this week, and he was angry at them. He was taking shots at them, what have you. The Eagles just tweeted out a video of him getting lit up against the Vikings. And having a tantrum on the sideline. Well, they had one guy who said Kirk Cousins was the problem. <laughs> so and now they're both gone. Exactly. Maybe uh, the Eagles players just need to keep their mouths shut is what it is. Because that seems to be their undoing is when that happens. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll start off with the one I pointed out to you earlier today. This mm-hmm. came out. Um, we all know there's way too many bowl games. Oh, yeah. Way too many. And uh, one of the forgotten ones is the New Mexico Bowl. Mm-hmm. Well, ESPN has now cut ties, you know, the big house, as you call them, the flagship station. The mothership. Yep. Um, has cut ties with Dreamhouse, who was supposed to be the sponsor of the New Mexico Bowl. Now, Dreamhouse was an alleged film production company that was based in Albuquerque. Um, they were announced as the title sponsor on October 1st. However, this was this announcement to yesterday where ESPN decided to, decline, to eliminate that was a series of reports put out by the Albuquerque Junior saying that not only is Dreamhouse not registered as an official business in the city, it doesn't have a working office space. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, uh, they said that Dreamhouse, uh, a press release from ESPN said Dreamhouse has a 25,000 square foot post-production studio, and the sponsorship was announced outside the Aperture Center in Mesa de Sol, where ESPN officials said that's where their post-production studio is located. But this week, there's no signs that the that the alleged movie studio <laughs> exists, and uh, the three-story building is completely vacant except for a cafe and a construction business. The Albuquerque Journal then followed up on a few stories published by Enchantment Sports, um, and people said that their CEO of Dreamhouse, Eric Martinez, is a scam artist who has claimed he's a Olympic boxer, a music manager, the number one Latino actor in the country, <laughs> owned a magazine, claimed to be a producer, a director, and a filmmaker. Yeah. So the partnership with Dreamhouse is supposed to be four years for the New Mexico Bowl, and when it was announced outside of the fake office, the New Mexico Bowl director said, I think you know what the film industry is doing for this state. It's a hub for our economy, and Dreamhouse is a part of that. This partnership is right. 
Yes, so a thing that doesn't exist. <laughs> so a non-existent film company, not even that, I mean just one guy who dreams up a non-existent film company, not only duped ESPN, he duped the people who run the New Mexico Bowl. He got yeah. both of those organizations to buy into his <laughs> fake film company as a sponsor. Yes, and... Uh, as you can see, that's probably the most hilarious one of the funnies, but I got some other good ones to tell you later, but uh, I was just like, no research went into this nope. at all, and uh, thanks to the Albuquerque <laughs> Junior for actually doing their research. <laughs> Crazy. Um, remember what happened in Oregon and Washington? Did you hear over the last Saturday? Okay, so Oregon's playing Washington in, up in Seattle. Oregon's up 7 nothing on the ensuing kickoff return. There's been teams who've done this before, but this is the first time that I've seen it blatantly. Um, they had... Okay, so Washington has a purple end zone. Their uniforms are purple. Oh, no. Uh, Chico McClatcher laid down in the end zone to blend in with the purple turf on the kickoff. Oregon doesn't see him. Um, he runs to the other end of the sideline, gets a pass across as a lateral, and takes it, runs it all the way to midfield. Okay? Washington's gets a 15-yard unsportsmanlike penalty because you cannot have a player be a decoy in oh, lying down in the on. end zone anymore. TCU attempted this in 2014, and apparently the NCAA sent a memo to officials around the country saying players should be who are lying down or um, hiding should be treated as injured and removed from the game at the time. Oregon State tried to do this last year. They dodged a penalty, but the league said it shouldn't have been used, and now Washington gets called doing it it's kind of a brilliant strategy yeah. but leave it to the nca to be a bunch of downers yeah, about I mean, it. if you don't want that to happen then tell somebody to stop it tell them to be better tell your special <laughs> teams coverage to be better did kansas weren't they the first ones to get this started like they made it i famous. feel like it did yeah mm -hmm. and uh then you know other teams piled on and bigger programs did but now the nca is cracking down on it and sucking the fun out of college football <laughs> Now, they already have because they cracked right. down in celebrations, but, you know. As we all know, Justin Verlander, not exactly nimble on his feet anymore, mm -hmm. chased a ground ball in game two, fell on his butt, and threw the ball into his own shin. <laughs> the funny part is, Verlander said, you know, a tweet mocking you, Darvish, about mm -hmm. a year ago, on how Darvish slipped rounding second on a double and fell saying, you, you're not doing a lot out here to help us dispel the pitchers aren't athletes idea. So, after Verlander slipped and threw the ball into his leg, Darvis <laughs> fired out the exact same tweet and saying, Justin, not doing a lot to help us dispel Those that. Astros players don't like you, Darvish. Yeah. You Guriel a few years ago. Yeah, and, uh, and, you know, it, it's just... Funny, I give Darvish a lot of credit. Even Justin gave him credit, being like he's been sitting on that tweet for a year, just <laughs> waiting for it to happen. Finally did. He got to release it, got a bunch of likes, and it was hilarious. Bartolo so. Colon, I think, is more active right now as a pitcher than Justin Verlander. Yeah. Like he's more nimble. I would say so. <laughs> Jarvis Landry of yeah. the Browns says, said, we're going to win Book against it. the Patriots. Book it. I'm, I, it's just that simple. We're getting guys back. We're healthy again, and we're going to win. He clarified later that, okay, I meant that we're going there to win. <laughs> okay. Didn't he learn anything from Doug Peterson? No. <laughs> Apparently not. It's like, if, if you're going to make that kind of statement, at least stand by it. Yeah, that is the dumbest pick I've ever heard, in the words of Mike Golick. Yeah. <laughs> And you're just like, if you're going to make that blind statement, stand by it. And if you lose, you can like people can have a laugh at it, mm. but don't go back on it because then people are saying like, well, what's that about? Now you're saying you don't believe in your team. Um, Taco Fall mm. of the Celtics went into concussion protocol, missed the season opener after banging his head on a low ceiling. He was trying to wash his hands after a workout at the facility. Was bonked his head on the ceiling, was feeling fine, and then he woke up the next day and wasn't feeling well, went into concussion protocol after hitting his head on a low ceiling. That's interesting. Yeah, you no, can see it. You know, most people go into concussion protocol after a hard hit or falling hard on the pavement or something. Now he just bonked his head <laughs> on the ceiling. 
<laughs> and and the Dolphin Concussion Protocol. I just wow. Um, and then we got let's see two more. There's Odell Beckham Jr. was fined fourteen thousand dollars for his pants mm. being a couple inches above his knee. Is that really affecting the game? I I I don't know. I don't understand <laughs> fines for the dumbest things. In 2016, he got fined for wearing cleats on her and Craig Sager. <laughs> so, I mean, I just don't get the NFL. I mean, the NCAA is bad, but the NFL is almost as bad. Yep, they get fined for the dumbest things. I mean, uh, have a little personality. Your cleats, those are awesome. Like, Stefan Diggs' cleats every week never disappoint. Yeah. So it's like, oh, you're honoring some guy who died? Hey, man, <laughs> we can't have that. <laughs> no, Stevon Diggs can wear those Joker cleats. Yeah. But no, you can't honor Craig Sager. No, no. How dare you? Yeah. There'll be no uh, respectful <laughs> honoring anywhere in the NFL. Well, and it was Sam Darnold. Mm. Who, <laughs> what a year he's had. Oh, boy. I mean, it's... Uh, well, his recent thing, um, he had his toenail removed after he's got his foot stepped on. He had mono this year. He's had spleen issues. And, of course, he said in the first half sideline that he was seeing ghosts <laughs> during the game against the Patriots. He's had to play the Patriots twice it's, in addition to having mono and all those other things he listed. I mean, it's like, there's, is this like a worst year you can imagine for a guy? Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, the season is, what, like half over? And, like, he's mm. <laughs> had, like, a bunch of... And now he's seeing things. He's seeing <laughs> spirits on the sideline. And uh, and he's got a coach that has no idea what he's doing. <laughs> I I mean, not lol Mets, like lol Jets yes. is basically what it's become. I Are they... Are they are they Browns level for ineptitude quite yet? They're or? getting there, not quite yet. <laughs> yeah. They need a few more years, years of this, but they're getting pretty close. I just, I mean, there's some now. The Astros are dumb in their front office and PR stuff, mm. but the Jets are just and the Browns are just <laughs> bad altogether. They draft terribly. They draft. They have terrible coaches. They have terrible game plans. It's just like, how are you this bad? If I were Sam Darnold on Monday against the Patriots because there was no point in having him out there any really? further. No, but if I were him, I would have just grabbed my spleen and <laughs> faked that I was hurt and said, Coach, I need to get out of here. Except the only problem is I, I don't honestly know where my spleen is. Just like grab it, you know, your stomach area. I'm not sure. Ex- I know it's somewhere in the stomach area. Yeah, but I, it's yeah. general vicinity there. And just be like, ah. Oh, My spleen. Man, I went down on that sack and it's just, ah. Oh, and he'll probably be like, okay, as long as you're not seeing ghosts. You know, we'll handle the spleen thing or the toenail thing or the oh. mono thing. Can you imagine you were talking about the Jets ineptitude? Last year, Teddy Bridgewater was on that roster. And they let him go. We don't want Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> we want Sam Darnold. We can't pass up on Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. Luke and Falk. Luke Falk. And Trevor Simeon. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> dense. Just dense over there. But that's New York. That is New York sports right now, except for maybe the Yankees. That's about it. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. That is it for us. I appreciate you being here as always, my man. No problem. You mentioned your column already, but what else do you have going on? Well, I'll be at Marquette uh, tonight covering football, so that'll be in the paper in addition to my column. And uh, on Monday, you know, I'll be keeping track of the uh, hockey game. Saturday night, I'll be watching it on TV, so I'll, uh, you'll have my full recap <laughs> coming in there. I mean, yeah, I'll be a day late. But uh, maybe I'll have extra tidbits to throw in there, too. And then, of course, you know, next week is the LUP meeting. Mm. So, you know. Fun day. Yeah, and uh, sat- next Saturday's paper will have all the LUP football awards. So, you know, it's a week away. But look forward to that one. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you back on Monday, 4 Eastern, 3 Central. It's my hope you join me. Have a great weekend. Here's our coach's show if you missed that earlier.